0: sometimes they're just spiteful like the one kid and i swear it was not true but i was playing the king and he decided to shout each time i went on stage that my feet were smelling i was even backstage like smelling my feet and asking my classmates like do i smell because every time i got onto the stage he'd be like the it, I stink. and i'd be like bro can we just work together <laughs> to make this work. Oh, you and that they are. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Department Spotlight, uh, this show where we talk to our friends and colleagues about different things happening in the industry. Um, today, we are talking about acting. But don't worry, I know Mark acted in one of the movies, but we're not talking to Mark. He's, he's irrelevant. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking to some proper actors who you've seen in some of the other films. Um, we've got uh, Daniela Caprine, who is new, sort of fresh to the industry, just graduated last year. But then we're also talk, she's going to be interviewing um, Tonya Franson and Vincent Lombard about um, just how acting works in South Africa, Um, some tips that they have to share. I think this is going to be a very interesting chat. Insightful. Very insightful, I'm sure. And um, yeah, hope you guys like it. Let's go into that.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Daniela Caprine, and I am a budding actress.
0: (laughs) I am Vincent Lombard, and I pretend that I'm an actor.
2: (laughs) Hi, I'm Tania, and um, these are my friends.
0: Cool. Cool.
1: Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's good <to> be here. <laughs> so, what kind of drew you to acting? Was it always like a, a passion that you had, or was it a surprise that just kind of came into your life where you decided to become an actor?
0: You can. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, for me, when I was about five years old, the circus came to town, and in the town where I lived, like that was the biggest event that could take place in that town, so everyone went, and I just, that night, I just thought I wanted to become a performer, because I was a very strange child, and I was looking at all these adults being strange, but it was acceptable, so I was like, oh, I'll just grow into my strangeness, and then I did. So yes.
1: That's really cool. I, I love the circus. So I, we, do I th- too. yeah no we yes. definitely got that in common. It's like really clowns, cool. we were talking about clowns mm. earlier. It's, <laughs> love clowns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I
2: had a, a slightly more strange path. I uh, was actually a dancer originally, and then I got injured and had to stop dancing. And then I took a detour to music, mm. and um, then sort of came that way around. To acting, uh, always sort of did it and and or well, was always performing in some way or another. But I didn't I didn't know that that was something you could be actually because where I came from, it was something other people were. Mm. But it I, it wasn't. I also think maybe mm. it wasn't there wasn't social media there wasn't Facebook so you didn't have this reference of the this variety of things you could be. It was either you're like a lawyer or a doctor or like. a chartered accountant or something you don't really go into the performing arts only the weird people go into performing arts and I grew up on a farm so that wasn't something we did Mm. we you know you just did other stuff but um, I if I look back at at videos of myself when I was young it's very trippy but it's (laughs) I can't see myself having ever ended up anywhere else Mm. it was it was inevitable and I don't I think that's why I don't have like a plan B or if this doesn't work out I'm gonna it's just this has no choice.
1: I can kind of relate to that because I've always, um, I I also grew up dancing, uh, did a bit of ballet, a bit of modern dancing um, and I also always enjoyed watching films but I never thought of myself as a performer until later on it just kind of came. Mm. Yeah. So it so happens. Kind of, it finds kind of you. To your story. Yeah. yeah. No,
2: it's it's it was strange. And people, I don't know, somehow I find people have a very strange reaction to that because a lot of people grew up going, "I'm going to be an actor," yeah, or "I'm going to yeah. be a writer" yeah. or whatever. And I just sort of went, "I just want to be everything.
0: Mm. Yeah. I just want to be everybody
2: yeah. else." And. Feel what it feels like in their skin. It's so much fun. Yeah, and that—that that I always did. From no matter how young, I was always somebody else. I was missioning around on the farm, pretending I'm. I also did. Someone that. else. So it, <laughs> I've always been an actor, but I never officially made the call of going. I'm going to go study to be an actor. Hmm. Okay,
1: so you found yourself like m- mimicking things all the time.
2: Yes, yeah, mimicking things. I created characters and stories for myself, and I would walk around for like a week, week. as a character. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my awesome. parents were. <laughs> I would only
0: respond to the character name, not to my own name. No, I would get a hiding if I did that. <laughs> I did
2: not do that, but I was always living in a in a different world, and it wasn't odd. It wasn't like I'm going to make this decision to be in this other world. It was just looking back just now, I know it's yeah. just like, oh my gosh, that's it
1: actually yeah. an interesting mm.
2: thing. I was mm. always talking in voices with my dad because he's also a musician, so you know he he's got a creative side. So he encouraged it and was always writing and drawing things That's and making nice, stories yeah. and
1: yeah I think it's it's very nice when your family backs you up with what you want to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very, also very very, important. very lucky yes. if if yeah. you have
2: one or two parents that are on your side. I think you're I really try not ever take that for granted because I know there are so many people whose parents literally resent what they do and it's, it's frightening actually and it, it's already like a tough industry if you mm-hmm. oh, sure. don't have your family on your side
1: It's to support you, yeah, it's, it's even really more difficult hectic. Mm. Mm. Um, so with that being said, did you both go and study drama and in your opinion do you think a performer should go study if they want to become a professional yes. <laughs> that's a hectic <laughs> yeah, question because <it> <laughs> I know, um, there are some like um. Actors who truly inspire me, who haven't gone to varsity to study Mm. drama, and they are brilliant. And then there are other actors who say that you should. And all of them are in Hollywood or really big in um, Mm. the UK. So I think either can work, but in your opinion, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I'll <laughs> it's really tough. I know. Okay. I'm, yeah.
2: I'm the untrained actor here between the two of oh, really? you, you I right? did a lot of courses. Okay. okay. I did a lot of short courses. I never studied drama. I have an advanced diploma in contemporary dance and choreography, and I have a degree in English and creative writing. But like, I don't. I don't have a performance degree.
1: Okay. okay um, but,
2: um, I think the only place you could have done it back then was was uh, University of Pretoria and TUT actually back in the day. But once again, I didn't know that you could go study drama. So I never did. But I did make sure that I especially um, did a lot of film acting for film courses because I find that that's one, it's a technical thing
0: that a lot of
2: of naturally gifted actors need to to come to terms with. So I would highly recommend that everybody does a A sort of a film acting Mm. course. Um, And I just think it helps with terminology. And there are certain technical aspects that you can't be so highfalutin that you think they're not going to apply to you in some point you know it, it helps you to know what people are talking about when they're talking about a medium close-up or a close-up yeah. or a wide or an establishing shot like yeah, stuff like yeah. that is really important to know uh, although probably not really important but it helps yeah, yeah. and it helps you to know what's available to access emotions or to get into a character and that there's there are like really cool tricks and stuff that you can learn but I mean yes you can learn them when you're on set or you can learn them from your friends or your peers but I do recommend that people don't necessarily have to go and study drama, um, but I do think you need to familiarise yourself with with the various aspects of film and stage and TV, and you will learn on the job and always be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, for me personally, I've I've had someone tell me they're glad I didn't go to drama school, a director, because he said it probably would have would have killed you, mm-hmm. uh, or killed that that thing, but. And I understand that coming from a dance background, like there's a certain rigidity to doing a degree that that is that can it can dampen something inside that does. the the uniqueness can be squashed and yes. then you're sort of expected to just be like all the generic other blonde girls. So what you're
1: saying. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm
2: wary of that, but I do definitely think there is value in studying any field because it expands you as an individual, it expands mm-hmm. your skill set. Um, but for performance arts, I think it's, it's more imperative that you spend a lot of time with yourself and as an actor, spend a crap load of time observing people, observing yourself, being really honest with yourself, um, securing your identity as a performer and knowing what you want to do, knowing what you, you're headed towards and working specifically on that. Mm. But that's just my untrained opinion. (laughs)
1: Moving um, on to you
0: now. Well, <laughs> I I study drama. Um, it's a difficult question to answer because, as you said, you get – I mean, if you want to look at someone like, for example, um, Charlize, because everyone always talks about her. She didn't study drama. Um, but then you look at someone like Meryl Streep, who did study yeah. it very intensely. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the time it's also a personality thing. I'm kind of someone who wants to know what's going to happen, I don't want to be caught with my pants down. So I was a little bit of a Hermione Granger in college, I I was very much like, (laughs) what are we learning, how am I applying this, all of these things. Um, But yes, I think... (sighs) I think what's more difficult is when you are a performer who is, because actors will always lean to either more camera or more theatre. And I find that people who are very experienced in camera have a hard time transitioning to theatre, whereas if you come from a theatrical background, it's easier to adapt to camera. I see. But theatre is very much about studying and, and you know, finding your voice and using your voice and your body and everything. Um, for me, I'm, I'm glad I did. I, I wish I studied somewhere else, but I'm glad I studied. <laughs> um, but also to add on to what Tanya said, I learned a lot from the courses that I attended after I studied. Um, sometimes I think I learned a bit more from them.
1: From the other courses, the shorter yes, ones. Yes, okay.
0: Um Like the film acting and Les Sac and so on. Um, and also you learn on the job, you do, uh, no matter how prepared you are, you're always going to learn mm. something that you didn't know before. Yes,
1: yes.
0: Um, but yes, I think in the country that we live in, it would probably be safer to study. Um, because you have more options of what you can do career-wise, whereas if you don't study, it's you are kind of. I mean, either way, you're taking a chance, but I think you're taking a bigger chance if you didn't study. If that makes sense.
1: Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: That's, that's interesting. the reason is, or one of the reasons that is true is because for one, we don't have a lot of open calls mm. in South Africa, so for good reason. Um, yes. but you struggle to find an agent if you don't have yes. a drama degree. Even if you do, I have friends who have drama degrees, mm. you know, master's degrees and struggle to get agents mm. and without an agent, you don't get an audition. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so you would it's even vital to get to one for sure. Yes. To to, but an agency.
2: to to join an agency, if you want to make it in this country, you need to join an agency or you need to make really good movies by yourself.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: it's, it's the only way to get... In, seen by casting directors and mm. things and even casting directors who know you will not you will not be they uh, made aware of a grief if you don't, if have, you an don't have an agent because yeah. agents handled are handled by the PMA and mm. there's all these fees and there's all these arrangements that need to be made and it's just it's tough. It's mm. tough. I didn't have an agent for a long time and it was a drought. It was incredibly hard mm. because you just yeah, don't have any work.
1: With that being said, because you have done a bit of training um, and you have done a lot of uh, TV and film work. Um, how do you make sure that you stay focused as a character and stop worrying about the crew watching and the camera being there? Um, That's actually, do you ever think about it or no. do you just? You just go I, I, away? I, I,
2: I used to be intimidated by the camera because I was incredibly self conscious of what I physically looked like. And the moment I, had, I have, one of my acting teachers is Rajesh Gopi, and he's a beautiful, beautiful man and a wonderful, wonderful acting coach. Um, and he told me that there is nothing as uninteresting as a vain actor. And I went, okay, I get that. So I stopped caring what I looked like on the camera. That's why I don't watch playback. Yeah. I don't watch things I'm unnecessarily, unless my director, Mark, tells me to watch the rough edit. <laughs> but I don't want to see myself because I don't want to get self-conscious again. Because the only time I'm aware of a camera is if I'm thinking, "Shit, what do I look like on the camera? What do I look like on screen?" And I think it's a bubble you go into with time and practice to mm-hmm. not so be aware cool. of, you know, there's fifty crew members. When I did Seven Alone now in August, um, that was quite interesting because you had, you move at a really brisk pace and there's people with cameras in your face and makeup and it's quick and you have to do an emotional scene to everybody around you is joking and making having a laugh. I mean they respect you and leave you alone. But it's it takes a lot of discipline mm. to not want to click into Oh, I wanna party yeah. along and also make jokes and stuff. Um, so you have to have a very clear vision of your character and I have specific things I do with that but or to help me stay focused. But I'd say focus and don't care about the camera. I mean it, it obviously it depends on the director. You get directors who are very camera focused and or, yes, or yes, you, you need to play towards the camera or you get mm-hmm. directors who go, you do you, the camera will find you. This mm-hmm. is basically what I need. But it's working together to make it happen. But Okay. There are technical things. Yes. If you've yeah. got a, some certain lens and you've got a camera up in here, you mm-hmm. need to yeah, learn how to literally to So that's why I recommend doing film acting courses
1: nice. mm-hmm. um, so being very fresh um, <laughs> with the acting industry um, how are auditions for you do you have a like I said process when you get to an audition um, to try and stay calm um, click into the character. <laughs> Any sort of I love technique. auditions.
2: <laughs> really? I absolutely <laughs> so you love auditions. to go to them? Okay. Yes, because I'm going, you know, someone, I, w- I was in America for a while and I attended a panel with a whole heap of, you know, working actors in, in Los Angeles and it's a very interesting field to, to observe there as as a, as an attendee to a conference. And the guy was like, look, um, Mark Ruffalo, I think, had something in the 800 auditions before he booked his first job. Wow. Mm-hmm. So and your job as an, a- as an actor is not to get the part. Your job as an actor is to audition. To audition and but... to show up prepared yeah, and yeah. to know your crap. i so... to. I've heard that, yeah. And <laughs> The thing is, if you're going to go every single time to an audition and it's going to be the worst day of your life and you're going to stress eat and it's going to be heart palpitations, fight or flight, and you hate every minute, babes, don't do it. Yeah. Because it is going to kill you. Like I, it's it's, and the thing that that sort of I think helped change my mind was the whole notion that these people want you to get the job. They really are mm. on your side. They mm. might not be, you know, clapping and dancing and hugging on an when you come in, and but they really might
0: even be very mean. Yeah, some of them might be really really horrible, yeah.
2: but they want you to get the job because that makes their life so much easier. Yeah. And um, I just see it as an opportunity to perform. Mm. You know, booking work is is a, an absolute privilege. So. If you get a script, bloody hell, do the work. Even if it is a an audition for some product and it's weird, it's a strange script, just go for it. Make choices. A, a, approach an, a commercial script the same way you'd approach a film script. Yes. Make established choices, be brave, play, have fun. Because otherwise, what the heck are we doing? Mm. Like, There's so mm. much time spent oh, and you sit there for hours and I just... I love it. My agent gives me an audition. I, I mean there are certain things, if it's like a Nivea commercial and they want models, I'll <laughs> yeah. go. No offense to Nivea, but like I'm not a model. Do you know what I mean? There has to be dialogue for me to want to go to an audition. I don't go and just show my face because it's a long drive and no. But I love it. I did a commercial audition today and it was just such fun. If you if you approach it with a mindset of gee, what can I learn today? And how can I make this fun and interesting? I mean, sometimes obviously you don't go out there and make a complete fool of yourself if it's a dramatic sort of thing. But you can, have, you can, have, you can learn a lot about what you do in front, of a, in front of the camera and how you can learn to control your breath and control your breathing because obviously you get nervous. Mm. I mean, we were having a discussion the other day about how when, when you stand up in front of a group of people to talk or in front of a camera or a casting director or whatever it is incredibly unnatural. Your body goes fight or flight, I'm being hunted immediately. Mm-hmm. So you need to find a way to harness that and, and not be stuttering mm-hmm. through your lines and going, oh, shucks, you know, like they want you to get the role. And they want to see you do brave and interesting things. Sure, you might, and the other thing, you, the, the, with film, I mean, it's 99% of the time got bugger all to do with your performance.
0: Yes, Definitely. It's about how you look.
2: It's about how you look. It's about broadcasters. It's about... But the the lead character's best friend is a redhead, so they need your character to be a blonde. It's really the Mm. finest detail that has absolutely bugger all to do with your performance. You can have the most amazing one. Even the director and the writer will be going, yes, we want her, and broadcaster will go, sorry, we want so-and-so because... She's got more Instagram followers yes. or whatever. Yes, it's, that also happens. It's It's so got nothing to do with you. Mm. So I just went, screw it, I'm gonna have fun. Mm. And I love it, I absolutely love
0: auditions.
1: I think it definitely helps to like change your mindset, mm. like like you do, you know, mm. just to have fun and go for it. Mm.
0: I think for me, um, last year I assisted with auditions for uh, Morphe and I had to read in lines. And it was interesting to be on the other side. And realising that when an actor came in, I was never thinking, oh, I hope this guy makes a fool of himself. I wanted them to do well, even the people I didn't like. (laughs) Because I knew some of them. Um, Because, I mean, this could be the person who gets the part and then we don't have to continue looking. Um, But I think a lot of it also just has to do with just not caring about would what you? this person thinks about how big your nose is or, or all these things, because you see them for a few minutes and then you leave. And you can't let those few minutes define your life. Um, I mean, I do get nervous, which I think it would be a problem if mm. I didn't get nervous, mm. um, but not as much as I used to. I think. The big thing for me is always I try to do a vocal warm-up before the time mm, because it's that's yeah. a calming thing to do. So then I go in knowing that I kind of have my centre. Mm, yes. Um, and if you have that, then even if they throw something at you, if you just maintain that, you'll be fine. And if you fall on your face, you do. And no one will die. So.
2: It just he actually
0: booked a commercial, uh, where yeah, where I oh, made a. No. It was <laughs> what happened was the casting director. Well, it was one of my very first auditions, mm-hmm. and um, I had one line to say, and then it was my time to speak, and I just I uh, 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 I couldn't say it, and then fortunately she was a very understanding woman so she made me go again but then she didn't cut so then I finished the line and I stood there and it kind of got awkward and then I don't even know what I did but then that thing was the thing that they liked um, and then I got the part it was very but yes, that was an audition where I didn't do anything that I was supposed to be doing. It's wow, usually <laughs> do do those art. ones. Amazing. Those ones
2: where you go out and you go, Oh, that guy, yes. why. why am I doing this? Yes. I'm the most horrific actor and then they go, yeah, so when I got
0: the call back, I was like, But why? <laughs> I don't understand. Why. I also
2: think it's very important for for film TV auditions that if you prepare the scene or the, the sides, whatever they've given you to prepare, that you aren't so rigid in the way you mm-hmm. are determined to perform it this way. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. That the moment they go, okay, but we want to have it uh, slightly more sarcastic. And then you just give them the same delivery. Yes. Um, I was at a workshop this weekend with with a director that says that's one of his biggest issues in casting is he will tell, you know, seasoned actors, okay, I, I see the choices you've made and it's great. But let's just try something. Just one eighty-eight for me. Do it mm. completely in the opposite intention. And they they struggle. Mm. And I mean, it is hard. So I got to a point where I, I put very little... I mean, you obviously, when you get sides, you have a general idea, especially if it's a long-running show or it's a series or they've sent you a synopsis. You know more or less where the character is headed. So you're not going to go off the chart completely. but you. So you prepare more or less in line with what you think they might like to see from the character, maybe... Jush up a line or two, or give some options there, but also then leave it. Make yeah. sure you know your dialogue. That even if they tell you, they they just don't worry about the door. Just stay, keep standing. You're not mm. gonna lose yourself because. But I practiced with the door, so yes. mm. and that's a big issue for we beginner had, actors. Is like they mime. We and had it's an, weird
0: an audition where it was just coincidental that we both went. but in the script it said. Your character and mine were both walking and we got to the audition and they made us do it sitting down.
1: Oh, mm. okay. And now
0: you'd prepared this yeah. whole thing for standing yeah. and now you're sitting and it changes everything. It
1: changes your
2: energy. Yes, it does, mm. it does. And it reads yeah. differently on mm. camera. And stuff like that, I you know, I, I tell people don't rehearse it. No. Know your lines. Don't rehearse the scene. Mm -hmm. Know why you're there, who you are, where you're coming from, where you're going and know what you have to say. Mm -hmm. But listen, because also you get readers who are actors yes, and they will give you something, they'll throw a curveball and then you go, oh crap, but I rehearsed that line to sound angry and then it sounds weird. Mm -hmm. So you still have to be open to listening.
0: And there's a lady who's one of the top casting directors in this country who, she's done it with me and she's done it with a few other people as well where she will just reach a point where she either changes the line completely, or she doesn't say it. And you can see in the way she's looking at you, she's doing it on purpose.
1: Oh, okay. To see what you do. Yes. She wants a natural response. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 So
0: okay. sometimes they do try and throw you a bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: And it's, well, it's, 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 just it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just listen. Because if you stay listening and you don't have this rehearsed performance in your head, it's way more interesting to watch two people figuring it out than oh look how she's preferred it so perfectly and every syllable mm. has this
1: specific thing. Like know what you're doing and then see what happens. Mm. It's way more exciting. Well, I know you briefly mentioned um, to know your lines and uh, you know to not obviously not prepare it in a certain way, like you were saying, but. Um, when you learn your lines, how do you do that? How, what is your process for doing that, and not getting stuck into like a certain tone or a certain way of saying things? Um,
2: I had recently the privilege of working with the Meisner Studio Theatre uh, Studio in Johannesburg, and um, I'd read the uh, Meisner books, and this woman was offering an opportunity to learn a theatre piece. We actually both auditioned for it. I <laughs> For, uh, to, to train you in the way of how Meisner people would approach something. And his whole theory is sort of, in, with regard to learning lines, is you learn it with no punctuation, you just learn oh, the I lines. Mm-hmm. So then when you're confronted with whatever your, your scene partner says, you don't have a premeditated response. And it allows for a lot of interesting variations and a lot more, I find, authenticity and vulnerability in a scene which for me is something as I strive towards as an actor, is to be vulnerable and honest and sincere. You know, you don't want to have a, I'm angry now, sort of. That's, yeah. No, that's not why we're here. So I try and do that, but I find if you learn scene by scene and you learn the gist of a scene... Mm-hmm. It's sort of the words find themselves. It's different with soap opera or soap operas because you have to be you have well, to Benson, say exactly what is written yes. there. Yeah, for oh, camera yeah, work. Yes, so that, right that so. is slightly yeah. more tricky. Benzel's going to talk about his process now.
0: So yes. Um, I uh, have been studying Arthur Lessack's work a lot the last few years, and he has this thing that they talk about, they call it uh, script marking where you mark the different consonants that you want to hit, and you literally say the lines like that. Um, Because, especially for words that you might struggle with, or certain letters that you might struggle with, um, but after you've done that, it's stuck in your head. And what I also like about it is, is they have the different energies, so then you can Play around with saying the lines like this if you're speaking in radiance or saying them in buoyancy. So you do play around with a different way of saying it. Um, And in a way, it also is slightly similar to the Lesac thing where you don't take stuff like punctuation and so on into consideration. Um, But I like to do that. I generally find that um, that helps me to learn lines. But I think also because I mainly do theatre, my long-term memory is quite strong. So if I read a script a few times and take a nap, I'll remember it when I wake up. So
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, the theatre um, the way of doing things, I think mm. really helps to train your memory in that
0: regard. It does. Theatre yeah. is very much... Uh, I don't. I don't want to say it's kind of the brutal side of acting, but it is. <laughs> it is. Because you can you can <laughs> get we'll away with things on a on a on a set that you can't get away with on a stage. Um, there is, and also if you study theatre, it, it is a little bit of a boot camp in acting. Um, so yes, I do think that they, they did they kind of traumatized that into us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's stuck.
1: And then if I could just ask for personal interest, what is your favorite medium? Do you have a favorite medium or do you like both? I don't know, I like, I like
2: various things about both or different things mm. about both of them. Um, I absolutely love theatre. Um, mm. I still walk into an empty theatre the first day of rehearsal, even the first day of somebody else's rehearsal. And I will sit there and be blown away by the the endless possibility of a bare stage. It just feels like it is this blank canvas into infinity. Um, And I, I found things in acting recently, which actually started with Yaku and a conversation we had in the first film we did together about close-ups and it, <laughs> and it it just it's it's made me look at film differently as a medium as an actor. I love the process of film and what you can convey and the the stuff you can do mm-hmm. is just sensational and how it's very cohesive and everybody works together. Um but I found I found uh, something unique in film that I haven't quite been able to put into words that I'm still trying to figure out but mm. I think it's I know equal what you mean, it's, it's a
1: feeling. It's a yeah, right. it's,
2: a it's a feeling thing. that gets inside. yeah, mm. but I, I was at a show of his about two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I literally sat there before they'd even started, and I went, oh my gosh, I miss doing theater. I, I there's not something about theater that's just Captivating. Oh my gosh, mm. it just catches you in yeah. a completely different way. It's energizing in a completely different way mm. to to film. Mm. But I love both equally and yeah everything else.
0: <laughs> um I think. Well, I suppose, because I'm also kind of a little bit of a playwright now. Um, I mean, I guess I can say you that You can now. say that now. It no, has, it's but your anyway. ethics market yeah. is official. Um, but theatre, I think the thing for me is for an actor like me, because I'm a character actor, on stage I can be anything. I can play a witch or an old man or a child or anything, because I can get away with it on stage. On camera, my options are a lot less. Um, I will only get casted as a certain kind of character. And because I'm usually playing more, you know, the comedic relief or the villain or just the plain weirdo in the story, there aren't a lot of those characters in our South African films. They play it quite safe, so you have your romantic leads and your action hero, and your damsel in distress. And those are the people that you constantly see on film. Um, so, I mean, I would like to do one or two nice feature films, just to say, I was there, I existed, <laughs> Got the experience you know, but I will always go back to theatre because um, it just, that's where I need to be. I don't know. It's yeah. what yeah. I need to do yeah, that makes sense. Mm. that's where you exist that's exactly. your space yes. yeah. it I'm a lot differently. More, and someone once said to me um, that on stage the actor is completely in control whereas on camera the actor has no control Zero. Yeah. So, um, and I'm a bit of a control freak so uh, okay. I Love like to, to <laughs> yes I, I like to be more in control of my performance and what I'm going to do whereas on camera, I I was reading an interview with Meryl Streep the other day, and she said that what a lot of people don't get it is, for example, people always hammer on about, for example, a shot where a character is walking after something just happened, and she said that if the score is swelling and you have the lighting and, and everything, it can look like you're giving this profound performance, mm. but you're just thinking about lunch. Oh, um, you know, did it, she
2: really say that? She did, oh, okay. because
0: it's not... That's not with camera acting, mm. it's not so heavily on what is my face doing as on a stage, see. where okay. you would have to very clearly show that um, thought process... On camera, a lot of the time, you don't really do much, and it comes across as you are doing a lot. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's. One thing I
0: will
2: sort of disagree with Mm -hmm. there is that if you don't have an active thought process in. Like a close-up, it is going no, to be no, definitely. Oh, in a close up, yeah, yes, but I'm I'm talking
0: about like a shot where you're crossing the street. Yes, now those yeah.
2: establishing sort of things are.
0: Yeah, no, I mean a, a, a close-up is a whole different ball game. Mm. Um...
2: And that's I think with a technical aspect yes. of film yeah, acting, it's just way different to stage. Mm. Stage technical stuff is is very different. It is. And also with with film, you know, you're working for say scene, you're taking it scene for scene, or shot for shot even, not even scene for scene, and then you're done. Whereas on theatre, on stage, you've got this hour to hour and a half of continual concentration and focus and discipline, and it's it's just two very different disciplines. I don't actually even think they can be compared.
0: No, they're very different. They're very different. And I think that's why in, in countries where people are able to, like for example in America or England, where actors are able to get away with completely choosing the one Mm. they do that whereas Mm. here you have to do do everything you do all of it Mm. everything Mm.
1: Um, and then you did mention typecast do you think it's possible to like break through that or is it very rare to do something like that
2: someone once told me that if you're getting typecast roll with it until you're someone who can call the shots Mm. which is which is really frustrating Mm. um Someone asked me this weekend what sort of roles I always book, and I always book like the, the psycho, the druggy, the always like that, the darker roles, okay. um, which I like because they're very interesting characters. Mm. Um, honestly, I don't think romantic leads hold a lot of, no. you know, excitement for me as a lead option or as an an acting choice. Um, but the thing is, I will keep playing those characters until I can stand up and write my own film or go, you know what, um, I don't want to play this kind of character anymore. I'm going to take a chance and play the romantic lead, maybe, or whatever. But I do think it's, it's, in, it's tricky to break out of it. And I think it is such a finely timed thing. I haven't been confronted with it personally, so I don't have any experience in breaking out of it. Mm-hmm. But it I, I, is. it's a strange thing.
0: Yeah, casting. I think, I think the big challenge is, you know, for example, I was recently, I, I did a, a guest appearance in a in a comedy, and what happened was the actor who was supposed to play the part um, dropped out the day before, and they were all going crazy, and then Uh, the one producer remembered me from another show where I played a similar character and he said, oh, I know Mm. who can play a queen, it's Wenzel. And so,
1: so fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) So then I got the part, but I made a point of playing it very differently from
1: the character. Yes.
0: Like my first, the first one was very extrovert. And so I made this one very shy. Um, And I think because it's inevitable, I think, to that you are going to be typecasted, but you need to... Mm. The challenge is to find the difference between those characters, mm. because a lot of actors kind of get this thing of, oh, well, I'm always casted as this person, so I'm always going to talk like this, and I'm going to do every performance mm. like this. They get this. stuck in... Exactly. In they don't actor. try to break their patterns. Mm. Um and I mean, that's what's going to show people that you are able to do different things. Um, but a lot of it also has to do with just the right moment. Mm. A lot of the time, it's just you got to the audition and the person that actually wanted it didn't show up and then they chose you. or. You know, well, you get a director who chooses you because exactly, you know you yeah. were
2: typecast, and then he goes, "Hey, let's try something else," and then you end up in making completely different choices and mm. this entirely different character. But I do very much agree. Just because you get cast in the same sort of roles mm. doesn't mean you have to approach all of them as the same character. Mm. You can find nuanced differences in every single human being, no matter how similar they are. Mm. So if you make a deliberate choice to make the character interesting for you, it won't read as, "Oh, it's just Tanya playing." Herself again, or mm-hmm. Tanya playing this. I mean, you can see Jennifer Aniston in all of Jennifer Aniston's Always. roles, but there's something interesting in in them that that's makes you go, huh, okay. You see a bit of uniqueness in yes, each, in mm-hmm. each character, even if it is the gazillionth rom com. Mm-hmm. I do think it gets very hard, but it's up to you to make it interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Portion where you And then uh, just to brush on a bit of accent work, uh, because I heard you do a a variety (laughs) of them, and they're really fun to do. So would you advise one to go for vocal training um, with accents?
2: Very much. Mm -hmm. If you are an English-speaking person in South Africa and you want to make it in the film TV industry, you need to be able to do Standard American and UK. That's I think I have never actually done accent training in my life. Oh really? I,
1: You're so good.
2: You're I sure. just, <laughs> she
0: just does it. <laughs> I uh,
2: I have I don't know why I think I just have a musical ear. Yes, it's it's, got to it's something to do with that. And my father and I, since I can remember, have always talked in variety of accents mm-hmm. and just for fun to see how it goes. So if I if I know I have to nail a British accent, then I will monologue on the N one just random yes. drivel in yeah. an accent. <laughs> For the entire trip and mm. it, it trains your ear mm. and um, I think it is imperative for people to to do a standard American and even if you are Afrikaans, if you just want to take yes. a chance because there are so many international commercials coming through you know learn your American accent it doesn't mm. have even to voiceovers. be yes and voiceover work it doesn't have to be you know this part of North Dakota that accent it can be just a general standard American and practice it a lot Mm. Mm. listen to stuff say it repeat it talk to yourself like a wacko it really i've just found it helps and the more you practice it, i was in a casting today where the casting director literally went so just uh same script but just do it with an american accent I went out. So you haven't rehearsed that script and <laughs> that accent, and then every now and again this little South African accent pops up, but you have to get to a point where you can hoi the American like this, and it's, mm-hmm. like it's mm. Mm. and it's trained. Yeah. And it's
0: worth it. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun, it is yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. I think yes, I mean, that's one of my weak spots, because I've been doing a lot of Afrikaans work. Oh. Um, but... Definitely, I mean, it's something that I've been working on a lot and I feel like I'm not as bad as I used to be. Um, but I think that's also one of the things with uh, tertiary institutions where they don't quite realise what we need in the industry in terms of the training. And now I'm speaking as someone who received training, I look back and I think, you know, it would have been nice if they had focused Someone's a bit seen. more on accents and radio work mm. and how to use your voice and, and all those things as opposed to doing so much physical theater and you know because mm. you don't you don't end up doing that in reality to make money um so yes, it's very important, and I wish that more people would realize it.
1: Yeah. Um. In my tertiary education, I was fortunate enough to be told about uh, doing accent work and um, radio drama. I just wish I had been told earlier in first year mm. so that I could get a lot more practice done in that time while you're studying. Uh, whereas at the end, it's you still feel a little bit uncertain about mm. these things, mm. and then... Just going out into the world and knowing that there's so many different branches, uh, which you, you could have kind of saved time and, and mm. have learned that a lot sooner, mm. would have, I think, helped a lot. But um, it's still good that they mentioned these things, because at mm. least we're now aware of it. Yes. Mm. Uh, so with international work, uh, would you say it is better to go down to Cape Town, because a lot of people say that, or do you still get a lot of international coming up to Joburg? I
2: um, actually had this discussion with my agent about six months ago, um, where I sort of decided that from December to say, oh, January to May or so, I would move to Cape Town and, and audition there. And we went to and fro, to and fro, because it's expensive. Cape yes. Town is, your; it is rough. Um, and there's a heck of a lot of people down there doing this thing. Mm. So... We decided inevitably that I would stay in Joburg for at least another two years, try and book l- more work here than whatever's coming through Joburg. Because there's a lot of big series cast in Cape Town and in Joburg. Yes. So it's not like you get no Cape Town exposure mm-hmm. or no international exposure. Um, it's just, I think we have a, a slightly warped per- perception regarding what's going on in Cape Town. Yes. Um, probably not entirely, but I think you, you're better off establishing yourself here. I think um, it's
0: it's also got to do with your category, yes. because I have a friend who, um, she's a redhead with curly hair and porcelain skin and these green eyes, um, and she would get five auditions a day sure. where she couldn't even go home. She had to put the different outfits in her car, but that was because she was so rare. Yes, um, yeah.
2: that's also uh, what my agent said was it very much depends on what's in vogue down yeah. there at I the see, moment yeah, if it's if it if they're more sense. into like an, a european look or more a caribbean look it, mm. it makes a massive difference in the amount of work you get mm. like if you look like that there's so much european stuff coming through mm. that it there will be
0: more opportunities and mass. also her american accent is very good mm. so oh, yeah. she would sometimes show up and get requested for parts of you know, being like a 40 plus and she's in her 20s, but they'd request her because of her accent. Wow. So yeah. I, I think Cape Town is a lot harder on accents. Yes, the uh,
2: agent also said don't go to Cape Town if your accent is not mm. on par here. If you're not 100% confident, don't bother going. Mm. And I don't know, it's brutal and expensive, you know. It is. So you've got to... Everybody says go try it out for season, which is which is around December to May. Try it out, see how it goes. But it, if, if you're not very secure in, in yourself as an actor and you don't know who you are, it has the possibility that it could wreck you. Yes. Because, I mean, it is, it is hardcore. And if you're just starting out, I would say stay in Joburg, book local work. There's all the soapies up here. Do it. Do soapy work. Get comfortable. Get comfortable in who you are behind the camera or in front of the camera, and establish yourself first mm. before you go and chase the bigger things. Hence the all-roundedness. You can't just stick to one thing. Yes, got exactly. to to one. It's the same opinion I have about people. Go. Oh, so do you, do. You, why don't you just go to LA? Well, because there are ten thousand people auditioning <laughs> exactly. for a walk-on part. I'm not. I prefer my pond. Thank mm. you. At mm-hmm. least here, I speak the language <laughs> and I know my people, and it's it's yeah. it's hardcore. It's it vicious. Is. So establish yourself where you are, and then take a step from there.
1: Well, mm. it's it's good to know that there's still a lot of work in Joburg, if mm. you are staying. Yeah, there isn't
2: there's You know, if you're well connected and make your own stuff, mm. Mm. do things, mm. work generates work, generates work. It's an energy exchange. There's there's so much going on with with film festivals coming up and. You can really do cool stuff and do other things. Work as an ad for a, for a bit, or try a hand at writing, or voiceovers, or expand your skill set. It can only benefit your
1: performance. I think. For sure, mm, I agree with that. Um, I don't know if we have. Um.
0: Children's theatre! Where dreams go to die.
1: Um, (laughs) Never said that.
0: (laughs) I did children's theatre for the first three years, I'd say, after I graduated. And the problem with that is that, firstly, a lot of people use it to make money. So they don't, they don't do it well. And then a lot of the time you're in the show and you know the show is bad. And I mean, the birds in the sky know the show is bad, <laughs> but you need to perform it now be, and you rehearse for like six hours. Mm. Um, and I think it, it's it's a problem because it's, um, we're creating... The audiences and the actors of tomorrow, because those kids watching are very impressionable. And if you give them a show that's half hearted, it puts them off theatre potentially. Um, It's also the place where I find that actors are done in the most. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of hard work for very little money. Um, I've actually. Because those first few years I did children's theatre without my agent was before I joined her. And since I joined her, I actually got a part where I went and then I auditioned and I got the call back and they offered me a contract. And then I just said to her, I've worked with these kinds of people before, because I feel like there's kind of a children's theatre kind of person. Mm -hmm. And they're not the good kind. And even though they're offering me this contract, I'm not going to take it. Because it can crush your soul. But at the same time, on a lighter note, (laughs) it's very good for your acting. Mm -hmm. It's very good because it's very character driven acting. And I believe
1: it's a good starting point for people who have just come out of
0: fast. Definitely. I mean, um, I, what I what I mean to say is, it's definitely something to do, but to be careful who you do it with. Oh, I see. Um, especially if you don't get the part through an agent, um, because I think a, a, that's probably the kind of work you'll mostly get if you don't have an agent. Is kind of the children's theatre kind of thing. Um, and and I almost want to say that to, to not be desperate, like. If you're in this position, and you know these people aren't treating you right, leave. Don't, because you end up selling your soul, um, if you stay in that situation. And I made that mistake a few times, and it's actually been a good two years since the last time I did children's theatre. And I think maybe I'm a bit too old for it now, because I can't play the relatable characters like Hansel or something like that. I would have to be a villain or a parent or something like that. So fun. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and I mean, the, the last one I did was I was a villain. I played the witch and it, it was a lot of fun. The performances were fun. But what was happening backstage was just so bad that the last day I was so glad to just leave. Even though I enjoyed the performance. Okay. Um, yes, I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> but it's something that i i did a lot of and that i i think people the people making it should be more conscious of what they're putting out mm, to um,
1: be aware of what they're getting out yes
0: because i mean like i said i I, beca- I was inspired to become a performer because i watched the circus but if the circus had shown up that night and the clowns didn't put on their paint properly and they were just you know not really feeling it then maybe i wouldn't have been inspired. Because that is what you are doing, you're working with little kids mm. and anything is possible with them. And if you give them one bad experience, they might just associate theatre with that bad experience for the rest of their lives, in my opinion.
2: I, I agree. It, uh, children's theatre is, is hardcore. Mm. You will never work as hard in your mm. life. It is thankless work. It yes. is really, really tough. I actually did a, a theatre piece with a director who said he wouldn't hire an actor if the actor hadn't done a uh, children's theatre at some point, mm. because then he knows they know how to graft. Yes. It's really hectic, and there's no one babying you and taking care of your props, and you know your costumes don't get washed. And no, it's, they it's, don't. It's, like it's, it's hardcore, but it's great fun a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and like children are... Are brutal audiences. They like are. they either buy it or they, they don't. They are very vicious. Like I got to a point where if if they liked me after the show, I didn't do my job because I played Drizella in Cinderella. And I literally got to a point where it's like, well, if they like me, then I wasn't rubbish enough to Cinderella. I have mm-hmm. to be meaner to her. Because they'll and then it gets to a point where they will not come near you for photographs because they're just like, No, yes. you're mean to Cinderella and we won't talk to
0: you. It was like that with me with the witch. I um Actually made a few children cry. But <laughs> at the same time, you need them to really hate the villain so that they can when the happy ending comes, it's it's more happy. Happy. No, if they tell me yes. where Cinderella is
2: hiding, then we're missing the point I here. A, I had
0: a show. I just oh, we did um three little pigs and I the my my pig was kind of like this nerdy character, <laughs> Knuffar. Your pig. And yes, yeah. <laughs> and I was I think I I, I had the, the the stick house, and um, because I was trying to be environmentally friendly, that was the story that they had written. But it was very <laughs> it was very um, interactive with the kids, and so the actors would have to ask the kids like. And my, my, my pig was very, like, a skeptic when it came to the wolf. He was like, there has not been a wolf in these woods for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, the wolf has appeared by this point. And he said to the kids, you don't tell. And if you tell, I'm going to eat you and whatever. But with every other show, when I would then say, right, children, there is no... And they'd say, there was a wolf. There was a wolf. And then I'd find out, and that was how the story would continue... And there was just this one show where the kids decided that the pigs had to die. And it got to that point. (laughs) Truly, it got to that point. And I said, Right, friends, there are no wolves here. And they'd say, No. There aren't (laughs) there aren't. And I'd say, and now I because they have to give me the, the impetus so that I can move on. And they're not giving it to me. So I'm like. Because now I'm talking to to Mother so Peg. What did you do? And the, at one point, I'm like, because the children wouldn't lie to us, would they? And they were still not, they were like, no, there's there's no wolf. And I said, I mean, you can even ask the parents. And I think one of the parents said, there was a wolf. And then I was like, oh, well, one love. person, thank there was a wolf, <laughs> so there must be a wolf now. <laughs> yeah. um, but they do stuff like that. Or for example, you have a, I remember another one where we, we had a, a um, oh, course blocker. Lunchbox. Lunchbox. And <laughs> it had tinfoil inside, but it's the tinfoil moved. And this one kid just kept shouting, that lunchbox is empty. Because it was. But you, <laughs> you, know, you can't fool them. They will pick they up on stuff like They pick up on like everything. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: um, they, they, they so they're are very, very awake. They okay. are. Oh. Or sometimes okay. they're just spiteful. Like the one kid, and I swear it was not true, but I was playing the king, and he decided to shout each time I went on stage that my feet were smelling. I was even backstage, like smelling my feet and asking my classmates, like, "Do I smell?" Because every time I got onto the stage, he'd be like, "Die Gullen stink," and I'd be like, bro, can we just work together <laughs> to make this work?" Yeah, you get those ones. Although they'll, they'll have a random, like. If you have an interactive thing, one of them will put their hand up and be like, uh, "My sweetie is burning my mouth." Yeah, and you have to react to that. <laughs> and make them part of it. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. Cool.
2: I, I always tell people, don't think you're too too good to do children's theatre. It Really humbles you.
0: It really teaches you about improvisation because yes.
1: sure every show. Yeah, that's
0: great. You Thank essentially you. rewrite the script with every show because the children decide how the show will go, not yes. the actors.
2: That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I recommend it. Test mm. yourself and do children's
1: food.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, That's if you practices. can survive that, you can survive anything. No,
1: I think yet. so. Yeah. It's quite a hectic story. I think the
0: only thing probably tougher would be musical theatre, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> um, could you share a little bit of uh, what you do know about musical theatre?
0: Well, I had it as a subject when I studied... Um, but I didn't have very good lecturers. Um, no, truly, I had, like, the lady was like, when we asked her about the voices, she was like, okay, so you get the, the, you know, stuff like soprano, meta-soprano, tenor, bass, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, she's like, so you decide which voice you have. Uh, I mean, I've always wanted to be a bass, so, you know, <laughs> that's how I became one. Choice made. Um, but... I think, you know, that's kind of theatre on steroids, um, it's very, you need
2: to be very committed yes. to being good in three disciplines. Yes. And um, I think, honestly, that um, our, our, it's, it's tougher than people think. Definitely. And, you know, just because you're a good dancer doesn't mean you're a good musical theatre performer. Mm. And just because you're a good singer or a good vocalist doesn't make you a good musical theatre performer. Like at you the need same to be time, really
0: strong. Yes. At the same time, sorry, I just, I do think it's a bit of a myth to say that you get a triple threat. I don't really think that anyone is ever truly a triple threat. Um, you could be really good at two things. But... I find that the actors who, all the the musical theater performers who are the good actors are usually not good dancers or if they can sing very well, the acting might not be as good. I, I don't know that I necessarily would, at least not from what I've seen on stage, that I necessarily agree (laughs) with the idea of a triple threat. Okay. Um, It's,
2: but it's grueling hours. It it's, is. It's, and if, if you want to go hard. into musical theatre, do panto uh, with Dennis <laughs> Honeyman. That'll work you. Mm. And if you don't love panto, don't do musical theatre.
0: But, but I it is so hectic on your that, body, your voice,
2: your yes. everything. It's just—it's so taxing. I have so much respect for those people. They—I've had to go to a few musical theatre auditions, and it is—it's.
0: Yeah, but I, mm. I've noticed it <laughs> also has moved into a period now where if you didn't actually study musical theatre specifically, mm. you'll have a hard time getting into the audition in the first place. Yes. yes. Okay. So it's very small That's community. Very too. small
2: community. So if you want to be a musical theatre performer, study musical theatre. Study musical theatre, yes. And it's very demanding. You know, those people are on tour for three years, so... Mm. I think that's another reason, honestly, if I'm really honest, why I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I don't want to do the same show for three years. No, I would die. I, I want to be more more variety. No, I mean, I,
0: I know I know people who've done like 300 performances of one show. As the same it's character. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's heavy, you know. No, but It's, it's a completely work. different discipline. Yes. Obviously,
2: I have no frame of reference. Maybe I'd love it, but...
1: I and like then with the Soapy, um, because you do have to stick with the same character, do you think that's totally different then?
2: I think it's different because your lines are different and you've got different mm, scenarios so coming at you. Still breathing
1: a different... Yes, season. and I know
2: um, when I did the soapy now, that when I spoke to characters who had been there for three years, you go through these periods where you are so bored with your character. It is unreal. And then, because then it's another character's turn to have some crisis of some sort mm-hmm. and somebody's dying and coming back to life and I don't know what the heck they're all doing. But then it's somebody else's turn to, to be the drama queen and then it's your turn again. So your characters go through these lulls because, I mean, every character can't be in peak mode for mm-hmm. like three years consistently. I mean, it's a soapy, but they're still... <laughs> boundaries i guess mm-hmm. but i think your char- if you've got a really strong writing team your character will grow and will make different choices and will surprise you sometimes uh, i was at a writer's group where one of the writers who was writing regularly for a soap said that he's constantly in issues with production because he wants the characters to do interesting things and they keep telling him no but the character wouldn't do that and he goes well people do things out of character all the time so it's up to you as an actor to push your character when you feel you can and to develop it and to maybe have a different opinion or a different perspective on a scenario than you would have had six months or a year or whatever. ago, mm-hmm. Just like life. Yeah, like, just yes. like life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then as a performer, uh, to be considered a professional performer, uh, would you advise them to get involved with extra work or to avoid that?
0: Um, I did a lot of extra work in the beginning and I learned a lot about how things work. But what I would say is try to not do it for soapies because it might just happen if you've been an extra for the soapy a few times, then they might not let you audition because they'll say, oh, but you're a familiar face in the story now, if that makes sense. Okay. Even though no one really pays attention to the extras. But for example, they might, uh, let's say it's like a a restaurant and they might dress you up as a waitress. Um, and then the next time you go there, they do it again and then they're going to be like, no, but you, you played a waitress even though you didn't have any lines. So they won't let you audition.
1: Oh, okay. So That's I'd so say
0: it's better to do it for something like a movie mm. or a series or something like that where it's not going to jeopardize you in the future. Okay. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Don't not commercials or or soaps. Films you can learn a lot. Yes. Especially if you're too. if you're f- sort of more featured extra, mm. if you can try and get into the Great. featured extra right. stuff, you learn a lot. But mm. other than that. Let it go.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right, all. So. I think we're wrapped for tonight. So yeah. thank you very much. It was lovely to speak to you and to get all your advice and I'm sure everyone who watches this will also be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, yes, no, it's, it's been fun. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Good talk. So, yeah, thank, yeah. You. Yeah. thank you. Thank you.
0: Float flight my studio
1: sites.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks for watching and thank you to Tanya Vensel and Daniela for sharing their insights um, on acting. And until next time, go out and make your movie.